The Ectoplasm Show is brought to you by North KC's Big Rip Brewing Company. Lighten up dark matter, have a craft beer. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. My name is Josh Hurd, and joining me is my good pal, partner in crime, Dr. Feelgood himself, Mr. Jason Koopsik. What's up, sir? You know, I fought it, and I fought it, and I fought it, and I finally <laughs> accepted the doctor nickname, even though I'm still not very fond of it. I think it's badass, and you need to just <laughs> stop. Just stop. Openly accept it. It's badass. Now, wait a minute. I've been listening to this for a while. You mean you're not a real fucking doctor? <laughs> he is the, He is as real as they come. I'm I sorry. can play doctor from time to Stop time. Stop it. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> All right, so that other voice everybody's hearing is of Sam Culper. Uh, many of you probably have heard of sam he's a kind of a legend in some of the podcast circles just ask me i'll tell you i'm a legend <laughs> i'm a legend well welcome to the show though sam seriously hey, it's man, really cool it. to have thanks you for, thanks for having me on fellas i appreciate it Hell so yeah. why don't you um because you could do it better than we could why don't you promote your show which i love and i still haven't listened to the second ep- or first episode of the second season yet sorry <laughs> man we've been out for, we've been out for almost two days and you haven't got to it yet you've been yeah. going out to the movies and, and, and playing around you haven't listened to my show yet uh, i'm one half of uh breakers podcast uh we just wrapped up our first season and kicked off our second season this week you can find us at uh Breakers Podcast across all social media, uh, at Breakers Podcast on Twitter, search for it on Facebook, uh, I hear it's on Instagram, and we even have a fucking MySpace page, because we are that progressive, wow. uh, but it is a post-apocalyptic uh, audio drama, which is kind of the the on vogue uh, uh, genre that's out there, but uh, it follows uh, a guy as he's walking through a, a virus-ridden, uh, nasty-ass world, so we're having a good time with it. I enjoy it. We appreciate you listening. I go out on adventures while I'm listening to Breakers. Oh, that's a great idea. I, I try to wonder about that. You know, you've talked about it. It It's a little bit dark and sinister when you're out doing the dark and sinister. So um, <laughs> it, it certainly could be a backdrop. Um, dark and sinister sounds like, like a sex position. Stop it. Hey, you play doctor sometimes. That's true. God. In my opinion. I'm sorry. I'm over here. Just I do have back. to uh, promote a new sponsor. Well, it's not quite new, but we finally got some stuff figured out with the EGT project. Yeah. yeah. Um, Josh, you met Bart and uh, Sam got to meet Bart over the weekend because he came on an investigation with me. We'll get to that uh, nice. here, in the, uh, here in a few, but... I want to promote uh, the egtproject.com. They are a startup, and they're going to be 
renting out equipment to paranormal groups all across the country even. There's no reason that they have to necessarily be in Kansas City. He's an audio engineer that has 40 years of experience, and they want to teach classes on proper use of equipment in the field as well. So go check them out. Say hi. Really cool idea. Really cool. You had a hell of a setup there. I was pretty impressed with the the scope of uh, what Bart had going on. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm trying to find something here. Here it is. I think I may have found it. Guys, this is insane, okay? I, I came across a really crazy whatever this is. It's not even a story necessarily, okay? It is... It says NASA using green screen to fake ISS footage. Have you seen anything about this or seen anything like this? Nothing new. Nothing new? Well, this is... Well, nothing that's nothing more than like InfoWars or something like that. Well, this is former President uh, George Bush Sr. Um, and this Gabby Gifford, um, a shooting victim. She was a congressman. Oh, yep, that's yeah, right. That, that's right. That one in yep. Arizona. That's right. Um, so they are here. Let's see. They're at NASA. Now, it's interesting because as they are wheeling him in, wheeling um, George Bush into the room, you see something in the background that's quite interesting. Um, and what you're seeing basically is uh, it's a, it's like a chroma key screen or a or a green screen so to speak but um on this chroma key screen is the the gentleman uh that's supposedly on on the ISS um and he's it looks like he's in motion at one point like he's doing something and it's it's interesting to to check his movements and everything like that with um some footage that we've already seen of him like on uh, on the ISS, or supposedly, I guess, on the ISS. Like, I don't know what to think of this. Like, I, I always kind of just dismissed this as complete horse shit, and now I'm seeing this here in the background of, of this video, and now I'm questioning everything. This the is government... The, oh, go ahead. This is the the ORAD Virtual Studio green screen technology. Is that what you're looking at? I think it may be. Yes, I. It's just a very quick little clip. Uh, it was put out by these people. It's called the the Hidden Truth, but it's uh, supposedly Tom Peak is this gentleman's name that we're seeing on this chroma key screen in the background. Um, it's it definitely wasn't intentional. That um, that they caught this, um, or that this was captured. It's just a lot of people are now being like, well, "What the fuck? Like, why? Why are we seeing this gentleman on a chroma key screen um, when he's supposed to be, you know, on the ISS?" So, what footage is out there that sees this? What like, footage? So, there's a person in the in the crowd that has a camera. It's not a crowd necessarily. Yeah, so it's not a it's not a, a crowd or anything like that. 
Um, it's something in the background of a video shot. Or yeah, a shot so basically like all they're doing is they're filming uh, the former president's arrival um, at this facility. And I'm, I'm going to try to do this. It says share well, in a post. Damn it. This is this is pretty freaking compelling, which is really frustrating for me because I don't believe in anything. Yeah. It's, and and I'm, look, I'm looking at this picture on here of uh, what, what looks like a guy – uh, against like a grid. Yep, and that's he's exactly some right. Motions and talking. Yep, and, and then you see the picture of him next to it, and it looks like he's on a, a space shuttle or yes. something, where he's 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 doing the same talk. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a I I don't know I don't see the the George Bush context here, but I do see the images matched up, and it looks a little bit disturbing. It does, uh, because he's basically doing the exact same type of of, of movements, like you just suggested. Um, Jason, I just put it on the Ectoplasm Show uh, Facebook page. I just shared it on that page, uh, so you could uh, check that out as well. Um, and everybody listening also can go check that out. It's super weird. So, Josh, in the stuff that you've read, is there any motive or motivation behind why they would do this? Because I, I, it, I don't believe there's any question that the ISS is actually up there and doing shit. Exactly, exactly. So what? Unless you're a flat, flat earther. Guy. <laughs> That's a very yeah, good point. Yeah, That's you know. Point. But at the same time, it's like, what is? What would be the end game there? Like you just suggested, what? What would be uh, the antecedent for behavior like this? I don't get it. I don't understand. Are we 100 percent sure that they don't have that on the ISS? Like well, maybe that's up there so they can do effects for oh, certain things. No. There's no room. Why, why would they do that, though? There I don't know. No I'm just, just We're talking, playing devil's advocate there. Yeah, I mean, we'd be talking uh, about a screen. You would think that they could afford a actual, like, <laughs> set. Well, that's, in essence, though, a, a, so a that screen kind of shit like doesn't this. Happen. Yeah, but, I mean, a screen like this would be used... Uh, for a a set like you're talking about. Now, I've seen them, you know, as small or as big or whatever is uh, 8 to 10 feet uh, in height. And, I mean, you could get these things 30 feet uh, in, in height if you'd like. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, for large-scale uh, large productions or what have you. Um, but, I mean, this one appeared but, but, to be maybe 10 feet, 10 feet high. You know, it, it begs the question, you have this cart horse thing, which came first. Yeah. Are, are we looking at something that NASA has photoshopped for us to see? Or are we looking something at something that someone has photoshopped for us to look at to think that NASA has photoshopped? I mean, it, it's so hard without seeing original source material anymore to yeah. have any idea. But I can't – I don't get the motives behind this because it's too easy to do this from the ISS now. Yes. Or to – why put him in front of the green screen? Why not just put him in front of a simple set? You yeah. know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what, what he was talking about there that would be used for misinformation or, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I need to know more about it. But it's, it's compelling. It makes me want to look at more. Yeah, for sure. And it's a, you bring up a good point though. Could it just be somebody with kind of like a an axe to grind to kind of further their agenda, saying, "Oh, they're fucking lying to us, NASA, those sons of bitches." You know what I mean? Um, it, could they have easily just put something like this in the background of this video clip? Absolutely, I could do that in t- about ten minutes, right? Right, um, and make it look compelling as this does. Um, quite interesting. I mean, and even even just a still uh, photography shot of him in front of the chroma key screen. Well, shit, you can cut anybody out of a picture and put them on whatever background you wish. 
Um, yeah, right, so there's a ton now. of other photos of this. This isn't the first time this is seen. There's a bunch of, uh, I just went to Google and did related images to it. And there's all yeah. kinds of people doing all kinds of things in front of this chroma key thing. Interesting. And are it they looks all tra- like, are they all trying to to squeeze one in on us here? They're, well, they're all doing <laughs> like little things with like throwing balls at it and floating things around in front of it. And yeah. maybe it's just used for reference on. Well, that that's the purpose of it when you're making a film, right? Is it becomes a reference for you to mat against. When you put yeah. a background on something. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell from still images what they're doing in front of it. But right. it's there's I probably 20 different pictures with that image in the background of them doing experiments in front of them. The, the only other thing I would think of is is if they, they had that set up for them to practice doing their teaching. But... I mean, this side by side, it's like he's wearing the same clothes as hands. <laughs> exactly. Doing the same. I, I want to go back and watch some videos later. So, yeah. Uh, if you guys to... could pick up the pace here, I want to get through this so I can go look at this. <laughs> <laughs> could you hustle your shit up, please? No, it's very compelling, though. It really is. That's why I, uh, when I saw it, I had to save that video because I was like, son of a bitch. I'm like, it looked really clean. I will say that. What else do we got? I'm pulling up um, the National Space Academy's YouTube page has okay. a video of a astronaut doing something in front of that screen. What's he doing? He's just he's showing off how this ball floats around in space. Is he purportedly on the ISS? Um, the resources include Tim's on-orbit demonstration of a ball on a tether and a Same ball guy. on a circular track undergoing circular motion in various planes and simple harmonic nature of displacement reduced to single plane combined with the Earth's base demonstrations of a cup of water traveling in a circle attached to a tether in a loop-the-loop track. Interesting. In-depth analysis of centripetal forces can take place. So it looks like they're using the background for reference as to distance. Like like for, for demonstrations when yeah. they're we're doing lectures and things. That's what because I didn't this video makes it look like. Yeah. No, yeah, that's <laughs> I mean they they're showing a bunch of people doing these different experiments in front of it. Interesting. And it, it looks like the background is just a reference point because of uh, so they can tell measurements between things the balls are doing so it sounds I, like I it's a, a real thing that the conspiracy guys are trying to make us think yeah is them faking or all these things were put on and post-dated uh, just to <laughs> throw <laughs> us off i'll bet i'll bet that's what it is that's gotta be it dirty sons of bitches sneaky bastards <laughs> sneaky sneaky i like it so I have a follow-up, Josh. My first story is a follow-up to one of your stories last episode. Oh fuck me. Okay. So you remember that episode <laughs> or that story where they had the um... put away. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, wait. Was it a balloon? Yeah. So <laughs> runaway marijuana balloon causes UFO panic in California. Uh oh. Okay, bring bring it back a little bit and teach me what the fucking marijuana balloon is. Yeah, please. Um, it's a please. balloon that's advertising 
legalization of marijuana. It just happens oh. to be a big ass balloon, and it was floating around, and everybody thought it was UFOs, including <laughs> the helicopter that flew around to see what it was. That's right. They, they didn't think it was a UFO, but that's what it was. So that's <laughs> it was a, a advertisement. And apparently, they got a lot of extra advertisement in the yeah. UFO community. So everyone was stoned trying to figure this exactly. out. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be on the news. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. How did they discern this? Did they? Did somebody find the balloon later? Oh, or? They, uh, I mean, the helicopter was taking photos of it, and there's other photos of it as well. So, My goodness. Yeah, I, I love I'm it. trying to see on here. Um, lots of people videotaped it. Uh, the helicopter <laughs> was circling it. This is great. It says some witnesses got close enough look at to identify the orb. I noticed the UFO around 10 a.m. from Monrovia. It was hovering over the mouth of San Gabriel Canyon. There was a large buzz about it on Facebook with residents of Sierra Madre. One person took a telephoto shot of it. It appeared to be an advertisement balloon for the THC e-cigarette that got away from wherever it was held down. So it was a large <laughs> balloon. That's so great. <laughs> Some company called Brass Knuckles that huh. sells this marijuana concentrated vaping products. Wow. So 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 these people spent fifteen hundred bucks on an advertising campaign and ended up getting a uh, hundred grand worth of uh, advertisement out of it. No uh, doubt. This is worldwide news. I mean, I don't know if anybody's gonna you know pay attention to it, but everybody there in California is probably talking about it. But the thing is, isn't uh, marijuana? I mean, isn't it? legalized in california or is it to a certain extent that it's legalized like, i don't i don't, I, I i think it's more of an, advertisement, an advertisement for the product yeah. uh, i see like okay. a dispensary or gotcha you know. okay gotcha very interesting stuff i'm glad that you <laughs> dug that up buddy that's good stuff man i like it solving mysteries that's right well, so so far you've now debunked the ISS. You've debunked the helicopter UFO. This is what you're about uh, to put yourself out of a job here. This is what he That's... does. <laughs> See, I have another one here. Like this UFO was hovering over a photographer's head, and he was able to take like some pretty compelling photos. I'm not even going to fucking read that. <laughs> not even going to go into that. <laughs> not going into it. Um, there's a lot of videos. There's a new Bigfoot sighting, and it says this is probably the best Bigfoot footage yeah, to date. And I know that was from, like, uh, Saskatchewan. I'm not even going to go. I'm not even going to pull that up either. I'm not doing it. I, I read one that said that we can't find Bigfoot because he's a ghost. You know, it's so amazing to me how, how the idea of Bigfoot has morphed uh, so much over over the decades here. So before it was just some bipedal uh, animal, uh, elusive creature that we could never freaking uh, find or what have you. And now it's people are saying, okay, it's a ghost. Other people are saying it's interdimensional being of some sort. Um, that's why we can't. Being. Yeah, and that's why we can't. You know, that's why we can't uh, find it. It's just it's fascinating to me how uh, the idea of Bigfoot just keeps kind of uh, morphing and, and shifting. I don't, well, yeah, I mean, it's more prevalent in other ideas of what Bigfoot might be, but right. those theories aren't necessarily new. There's 
tons and tons of books and literature written on it in the 70s, especially. I mean, everybody was on all kinds of different things. Then they're still on all kinds of different things now. But, <laughs> um, but you know, you know, Dr. Kupsik and I were talking about this this weekend, though, uh, with, with as technology gets bigger and better and and it becomes harder for for animals and things to hide in the woods, they're going to have to come up with with better I, better reasons that we can't find it than what's out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at, at some point it starts to, to fall flat if there's not a, a supernatural reason that the cryptid's not just readily available. Yeah, I would totally agree. Totally agree. What else do we got? Uh, uh, Sam's got some stories. At least I hope oh, cool. he does because he said he might pull them. And now I, I, I'll make him look like a dick if he doesn't. So I didn't know you were going to make me come here and work, man. Dick, man. <laughs> uh, I'm looking around here, and I'm kind of curious with you guys because you're what I affectionately refer to as ghost hunters. But I know you're paranormal researchers. You go out and you do these investigations all year long. I had the benefit of going out on one with, with Jason last weekend. But uh, as we get uh, toward the middle of September – yeah. Uh, at Walmart, that's Halloween time all oh, of a sudden. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm wondering, what the fuck do you guys do for Halloween when you do this all year long? So I'm looking <laughs> around, and are you familiar with the Eastern State Penitentiary? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. it's one of those, like, bucket list places for a lot of people. Absolutely. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's like the place. I mean, that's where they had Al Capone. is just one of the nastiest prisons forever. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's like like 200 years old, this place, and it looks like a castle and just a sinister place that you don't want to go be in. But but I was looking, I found an article that talks about how um, every year they, they turn the Eastern State Penitentiary into essentially a haunted house destination. Oh, wow. So so then you have this amalgam of, of some place that, that a lot of uh, paranormal researchers think actually has activity, and then you're, you're going to go there and you're going to spend – you know, 50 or a hundred bucks to go have people jump out at you at a place yeah. where maybe people jump out at you anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I was just wondering if you guys had thoughts about this because it looks to be like, like a hell of a haunted house experience. If you're into that kind of thing, dude, I can only imagine now. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the place they used for, uh, the filming of Shawshank. Am I correct? Is that correct? Uh, let me look. I've got it pulled up here. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm thinking of the right uh, place. 12 Monkeys, Animal Factory, um, Transformers. Ohio State Reformatory Ah, is where Shawshank was. Thank you, sir. This one is meaner than that. I mean, and this is pretty notorious for being one of the worst spots where they, when you read about it, it's like originally everyone was in this really small solitary confinement where they had these little holes to access the cells, almost like when you take your dog to the kennel to, to board him for the weekend, they got the little hole in the back. Oh you know, God. I mean, it just looks like like hell. And, you know, in in this this article about the place, uh, there are six attractions with within the, the haunted house that you can pay or, or choose to go in the lockdown, the infirmary, a breakout machine shop, wow. a quarantine and the blood yard. And there, there's a range of the admission price where you can choose an option to become more immersed in the terror and have an interactive experience <laughs> where people jerk you out of the group and take you to different places. And I mean, it just I, I it, it's like, let's take. 
the cheesy small town haunted house to the absolute yeah. nth degree. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was pretty fascinating. I was wondering, you know, with the nature of, of, of the business that you guys are in, what do you think about haunted houses? Yeah. And then what do you think about taking the real places with activity and then turning them into to this uh, for-profit kind of fun type of thing? And, yeah. and then what do you think the spirits think of that? Well, it's interesting, too, because, like, um, yeah, I own a, a haunted location uh, here in sure. Iowa. And I've I've been approached before. We have a really cool haunted house um, in Malvern. Uh, it's called Gateway of Chaos, and it's one of the biggest, best, um, uh, highest rated, anyway, uh, haunted attractions uh, in the Halloween season for around the area. And that's including, like, the Omaha metro area. So it's quite big. Um, and they do a fantastic job. Now, they, I was approached at one point of using Malvern Manor as as uh, the home for Gateway of Chaos. And we, I mean, I just could not do it. Um, I think our place is, is scary enough on its own without adding theatrics to it. Um, not to it, mention it would be an insurance nightmare. Just, oh, God, I can't even imagine. Wait. It's already yeah, an but, insurance nightmare. You know, <laughs> so many of those haunted house places, I mean, they always put them in the abandoned brick warehouse building somewhere that's fallen down. I mean, it's yeah. always an insurance nightmare. But but you diminish the value of, of your own attraction and if I was you do just that when think, you yep, make it fake. Exactly. I was just going to say that. I'm like, so you take something that I feel is, uh, and hundreds at this point now of people think is you know legitimate, a legitimate haunting, a place to go and experience actual paranormal activity, and then you go and put in the the fake stuff. Um, what the hell does that say? I think it's like what you're saying. It would uh, it would take away from that uh, probably a lot. Actually, I personally I would never be able to look at that location the same. That maybe that, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, well, but yeah, I don't think I'd be able to do, you, do it. Do you do, I mean, w- w- without hiring the high school kids to, to yeah. put on the face paint and jump out at people, do you do special haunted house type events during that season? No, uh, the most. Uh, like like particular investigation things? Um, The most that we have coming up this season uh is in conjunction with the Classic Cafe, which is just across the street. What they get is dinner over there, and then they walk Uh across the street to our location, and I give them a tour uh, for about a half hour, and then they're uh, able to walk around on their own for about a half hour on their own uh, to kind of explore uh, some of the more interesting aspects of whatever they feel is the most interesting. Um, But they're always invited to, to bring their own equipment and things of that nature. But, no, I mean... You know, honestly, I'm the only. Uh, You're not a Halloween destination, then. Not really, no. Um, and we're, you know, we've already been booked. Everybody for clamors for that yes. around Halloween time, yes. though, for investigations. Uh, at least people that investigate, they do that. Yeah, and I mean, we're booked solid. You know, every single weekend. I mean, and a lot of nights, even during the week, especially in October. Um, sure. But yeah. I don't know, man. Like on Halloween evening, I know we do have a group that's coming in. They're really good pals of mine. They're called Omni Paranormal from from Omaha, uh, and they are nice enough that they're going to actually open the doors up to Malvern Manor for about an hour and a half and pass out candy 
uh, to the kids and stuff. Oh, wow. So it's really, really cool that they're doing that. And it's all out of their pocket, you know. Um, they're just doing sure. this to do it. It's super cool. But, I mean, as far That's as, fantastic. like, special events, like, um, on occasion we'll have the uh, pair of celebs or whatever come by for an event. Uh, but usually they're at the helm of that event, you know. I just... I just show up and make sure people don't set the place on fire. <laughs> but that's about it. We we need to do um, an ectoplasm event there we if really we could do. afford it or get a free day. Uh, not a free really day. Do. I mean, free as in the sense that it's open and available. Right, right. Yeah. No, I would absolutely agree with that. And maybe come springtime, that would be like the perfect time to do that. Once the yeah, maybe we could do, because I was looking to do an event in Houston in the spring down there for a conference, but I, there's no place available really not now, especially after the hurricane, they're going to be cleaning up for a year. That's a good. So I'm looking to do something small somewhere. When you uh, like the speakers uh, and whatnot in the spring. And you're good at the event planning, not necessarily saying you like event planning. I'm just saying you're good at it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'll leave that shit up to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam, uh, Sam he's, came he's to the conference director. this year as well. So yeah, you got I, to meet I, Sam. Hells yes. I, I had a, a great time. I, I We went, my wife came with me to the conference. We had no idea what to expect. Yeah. Uh, it it wasn't really, I mean, it's something that we've, we've always been passively interested in, but uh, but not actively seeking out, so... Uh, we we were invited to go and uh, and just had a really great time meeting people and listening to all of uh, the speakers and I mean I I learned about so much shit that I didn't even know was out there um, and it, it's it's been really fascinating and I've spent a lot more time uh, looking into it since uh, since you opened my eyes so <laughs> yeah it's definitely a- yeah I've gotten a lot of compliments on it it's not the biggest event we don't have the big celebrities quote you know whatever but as far as i've heard from other events in the region that are typical or or about the same size they're similar i seem to draw more people at least that's what i hear yeah i'd say i I thought it was good i mean there there was never any dragging on i mean there was always something going on there you had to had good booths and things set up i mean it it was it was a good event i enjoyed it i thought it was really cool how you had it kind of separated um, how you had vendors in one room, you had the speakers in another room. It was really, really cool, and it flowed super nice, like super nice. Uh, that's funny. You kind of slowed down on my end there when you said super nice, and it like drug it out. It was sexy. <laughs> so um, I got another story, and then we'll take a break for sponsors. But um, okay. bug spray said to attract Bigfoot. We were just talking a little bit about Bigfoot there. <laughs> Sam Squatch. <laughs> this comes from coast to coast uh, via um, a newspaper out of North Carolina. A North Carolina woman claims that her homemade bug spray has a remarkable side effect. It attracts Bigfoot. I love it. I love it. Allie <laughs> Megan Webb says she initially created the concoction dubbed Bigfoot juice to help her husband fend off mosquitoes during expeditions in search of legendary cryptid. Oh, so he's an investigator of it already. So anyways, after 
a few times using the spray, he asked her to tweak the recipe because it smelled too feminine for him. So she switched some of the ingredients to develop a more outdoorsy scent. And as luck would have it, I think. his Bigfoot research group happened to spot the creature the first time he wore the newly developed bug spray. <laughs> it's like it is. It's like three parts deer piss, two parts meth. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, this is this has led Webb to conclude that there must be something about her mix of fragrances which catches <laughs> the attention of the creature. Quote. To attract a Bigfoot, you need a smell that is woodsy enough to keep from scaring him off, she explained to the Charlotte Observer, but slightly different enough to make him curious and more and come to investigate. So you got to turn him on. That's all you yeah, got to yep. do. Keeps the bugs away, <laughs> brings in the Sasquatch. Uh, she's selling it now for $7 per bottle. That's okay. Well, deal. Yeah, I was like, that's not that bad. I'm like, that's not that bad. At least I mean, it's if, not if something I can lure the Sasquatch, yeah. uh, there's, there's, a, there's shit to attract deer that costs more than that. Good point. Absolutely. Good point. You know, I'm going to be going out in the woods with our friend uh, Coy Pittman, and pro- I don't know if Felicia will go out in the woods with us, but yeah. we're going to go out and look for Bigfoot later this year when the, you know, the leaves die off, and maybe I'll get some of this stuff. I should. I should probably just order some tomorrow. I think you should do it. This could be a sponsorship opportunity as well. Oh, my God. Oh, I love it. This shit needs to happen, like, right now. I'll see what I can do. I love it. So here's what we could do. We could, uh, because I'm not going to test it. I I will not test it. Why not? I'm not going to test it. Um, I, I think what we could do, though, is we could lather up our good pal Eric Ensbrenner and send him out into the woods, just completely, like completely caked in this shit. Probably- Eric is dead to Sam. <laughs> Eric, who I don't, I don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. He stood us up over the weekend. Son of a bitch. Do you Did know how hard it was for me to find a goddamn bingo dauber? <laughs> <laughs> I show up bingo dauber in hand, <laughs> and that's not a euphemism. Okay. And Innsbrenner skips out on us. I mean, Son of a bitch. I, I just you, you, be, you better go to commercials. Yeah, yeah we'll be idea. right back with uh, Sam's uh, impression of the investigation over the weekend. Perfect. Welcome to Paranormal Warehouse. Paranormal Warehouse is the ultimate social media website for paranormal investigators and researchers. Create a profile, add friends, upload video, audio, and photographic evidence, discuss theories and techniques in the forum, create a group for your team or find a team to join, watch, listen, and comment on evidence uploaded by other users, join today and support Paranormal Unity, it's free. Visit ParanormalWarehouse.com to join. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're waiting for you. Waiting for you. Life is a mystery. Confusion is all around us. The truth is out there, but you won't find it here. 
maybe it was the ghost of an alien that worked for the government. You know, you remove the alien anal probe out of the story and it probably wasn't this guy's worst Saturday night. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. All viewed through sceptical eyes and the blurry lens of a beer bottle. Listen to Brent and John make sense of it all each week. By subscribing, find us on iTunes by searching Hysteria 51 or anywhere else fine podcasts are sold. Hey, this is Nock from the Geek Yogurt Podcast. Tune in every week as we discuss movies, TV, comics, and video games. We are on Podbean, iTunes, Satchel, or on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Yogurt Podcast and weigh in on our weekly topics. And we are back. Got got uh, refreshing drinks. Everybody, I've had some time to collect myself. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. So let's. Um, so you came out on an investigation with me and uh, uh, my group of uh, cohorts uh, over the weekend in Iola, Kansas. We got to investigate a building that is now a museum, historical museum. Used to be a um, department store with doctors' offices upstairs. And the next door, where there used to be other buildings that burnt down, they have moved the boyhood home of their local hero. And, and we investigated both places uh, for most of the night. And what what were your impressions of it? And throughout the day, we did some stuff as well. So feel free to talk about that. Well, it, fantastic. I mean, we started off the day. Um, we, we got kind of a one-on-one tour of, of the town and a lot of the old historical sites that, that folks, folks don't get to see or go around. Uh, one of the coolest things was uh, the old dilapidated hospital that's, uh, that's been fallen down and just left set since the 50s, I think. I mean, that was just a magnificent site that would be great to go back and kind of get to poke around and explore. And, you know, we looked at some of the old brick factories or cement factories, uh, and then, uh, then we went to a couple of the cemeteries, and then later on in the night, we I got to watch you guys set up all of uh, all of the, the the Ghostbuster gear, the the microphones and the cameras and stuff, which was all new to me. You know, I'd seen this on on television and uh, in, depicted in movies and books, but didn't really have any idea of exactly what went on. So so that alone was was edifying. It was really cool to to watch and learn about. Um, I'm the quintessential skeptic. I don't really believe in anything kind of open to things and I like to learn uh, and, and see what what uh, other other people have experienced and what other people believe so uh, it was it was really really fascinating to to watch everything that went on and how you guys went about uh, and you know I mean it's just cool looking at the old shit anyway but to get to look at it in the dark in the middle of the night in that context with with all of the you know seeing the dark cameras and equipment like that uh, um, waiting, waiting for something to uh, kind of jump out and grab you. It was it was really, really a fascinating experience. My wife came with us, and uh, we had a good time. Nice. There was some great Mexican food to start out with. Great Mexican small food. Small town, Kansas. And, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the scariest of places. Um, and not a whole lot happened throughout the night. There was a few things, uh, not necessarily anything that I had happened to me except for there was a different feeling from one building to the next and you said well, you had noticed uh, that as well 
in, in that that was one of the things that was most intriguing. I mean, the building that I would have expected to be a, a little bit scarier, even because essentially what we have is this old um, old farmhouse that they'd moved into town and they've erected on an empty lot next to this museum. This was uh, Major General Frederick Frederick Funston Funston. Uh, one of the old uh, army generals. This was his boyhood home. So they erected this house and put all of his old furniture and pictures on the walls and some wow. of his clothes up on mannequins and stuff. But then you had this museum that was the old doctor's and dentist office and department store, and it just had a, a wealth of, of, of old stuff. And and I kind of expected that dank, dark, musty upstairs to be the, the place that would be creepy. And you know, we we went several times, and we'd kind of go fifteen, twenty minutes at a time, uh, two, three, four of us, and sit in there with some of the equipment and just kind of sit quietly or or try to talk to things and, and do the stuff that you do like that. And you know, the, what what really grabbed me is uh, I've been to those haunted houses that we've talked about uh, in the end of October sometimes, and been way more freaked out than the place that I'm investigating that. Uh, we're hoping is is haunted in real life, you know, that has some sort of activity in real life. It just seemed very, very calm and relaxed, and and there was almost nothing there. Then you go over to the house next door, and it felt a little bit creepy. You know, I mean, you got a different, darker, more sinister feeling about yourself when you're in there, and that really did kind of grab me, and I don't know necessarily what I would attribute it to. It, It didn't seem particularly scarier on the face of it being in that room. There was that damn picture on the wall. Oh, it's a little man. bit creepy, but it, it, it was fascinating. And, then, and folks did uh, re- report. Uh, I mean, th- there were what ten or twelve of us there that were were working on it that night, and and I, I think there were a couple of groups that reported hearing uh, maybe some voices or some growling or things like that. But uh, but we didn't experience any of that. I know you haven't had time to look back over the video and the and audio yet. So yeah, I haven't touched any of it yet. Uh, I've been busy, like I said. Uh, I haven't even listened to Breakers yet, but. Uh, yeah, so I, I had a great time though. And the, and we got, you got to go into you, both of us got to go into the attic of that house that the public just doesn't get to go into. And there wasn't anything special up there, but it was just the fact that we get to go into places, the upstairs of that, the, the museum, who gets to go up there, the director of the museum and maybe people that work for him, but we got to go experience that stuff, whether it's haunted or not. That's awesome to me. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, it was a fascinating experience. If if there wasn't any of the the paranormal investigation, just the experience of the 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 private tour in the museum was fantastic. And then, you know, to be able to cap it off with the uh, the the all night long experience of uh, of what you really do in an investigation was was a lot of fun. It was really cool, and and I I look forward to doing doing it again. Uh, I'm not. You haven't sold me on anything yet. You know, I haven't experienced anything, but I, I've certainly had an opportunity now uh, through your conference and through doing this to meet a lot of folks now um, who have, have told me about their own experiences and you know, who the fuck am I to say anybody didn't uh, experience something that they did? You know, I mean, so so I'm I'm more curious than I was before, and, and, and I certainly haven't uh, been able to discount anything through anything I've done with you yet. So it's been really it's been really a neat experience. Well, the whole thing in this field is um, you, you called yourself a skeptic, but I, I would argue that we're skeptics as well, just different kind of skeptics in the sense that we've had stuff happen to us. At least you're open to things. Uh, yeah, the, I, the general term in our in this field, when somebody's called a skeptic, 
skeptic, they won't even be open to the possibility of it, which has a negative connotation in this field. But it's good that you're at least open to, yeah, I don't know what the hell it is. It could be something. Yeah, I think you're going about it in a very healthy way. And like what Jason is saying, there are a lot of people, and if they are in this field, you know, labeled a a skeptic, I think that the proper term should be just be cynic. You know, (laughs) like they're just dismissing fucking everything. Well, you know, I had um, when when you're really getting into this this paranormal or um, I, I don't I, I heard kind of an argument about uh, the the terms whether something is supernatural or paranormal or you know what exactly it is that we're talking about here. But uh, one one of the gentlemen that was with us uh, when we were upstairs in uh, the the attic of the museum, I had kind of an interesting conversation with him. When uh, he suggested that uh, whatever we do up there, we shouldn't have probably a seance. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. You've told me before that you didn't believe that there were ghosts in here. If that's the case, why can't I have a seance? What, what, what exactly is it that we're, we're, we're worried about? And he told me, well, I don't believe in ghosts, but I do believe in demons. And then, huh. you know, it's like it begs the question for me, you know, uh, if, if we're here listening or, or looking for evidence of something that's out there that – that isn't a part of, of this world that we're experiencing right now, th- then all of a sudden we've gotten into a semantic argument. Right. You know, um, you know, th- this, this guy who was the cynic for most of the night, mm-hmm. all of a sudden was just as concerned about functionally the same thing that the investigators were looking for, you know, yes. and, and only divided by semantics. It is interesting. So it, it was really interesting. Yeah. It's not, uh, there's a lot of people out there that believe that everything considered paranormal is demons. And I'm not, and, and he wasn't. He didn't necessarily believe that. I think the, I'm sure it was Kurt that mentioned that because he mentioned it to me before. Um, but he, uh, I think he was told to tell us not to do that. But well, yeah, well, I mean, you're you're right though. It is just a term. Even seance, it could, what what we do sitting in the dark asking questions could be considered sure. a seance. Well, so well, yeah, it's all just semantics. The, the conversation that Kurt and I ended up having, and and I, I was gonna you know try not to, to to call him out. I'm sure he's a big listener of the show. So, um, my my the conversation that we had though is he didn't believe there were ghosts for religious reasons because sure. when you die, you go to either heaven or hell. Right. So something wouldn't stay in this realm. So anything that's out there has to then be something that is in addition to that. Yep. I've but, talked but to many argument, people with the same with the same mindset there. Yep, absolutely. So so then my argument though is from the perspective of the investigator, and and, and again, I, I'm completely fledgling in this. I'm making up a whole bunch of shit right now. So uh, <laughs> but what you're doing there as an investigator is you're looking for something that's anomalous, a sound that wasn't there before or wasn't there that I could hear that shows up on, on the electronic audio or a, a shadow or an image. You're looking for something that's extra. Yeah. So what, what that actually is goes completely beyond the, the idea of the investigation. You're looking for something identifying it and explaining it is a completely different thing that you have to do altogether. I would guess. Absolutely. And that's like when I go to any client, including 
them. I mentioned this to them before. And if I ever go, if we set it up and I go before the, whoever wants to come and see, cause that might be what we're doing. I'm not sure. But I, I tell any client that I I'm here to show you what I find. I can't tell you what this is. I use the example of, let's say uh, someone contacts me and they're, they live in their grandfather's house and they believe that their grandpa Bob died in the bedroom and they believe he's in there. Let's say I catch an EVP or something in there that says, my name is grandpa Bob and, and I died such and such. I'll play it for them and say, yeah, it could be grandpa Bob, but it might not be but grandpa Bob. Exactly. Cause I can't say if it's grandpa Bob, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll tell them, I present this to you. You make up your own mind about what you think it might be. I have to do that for myself as well. I, I try to go into every investigation with the possibility that there could be anything there. There could be nothing there. And I don't want to limit myself by thinking, oh, it's just going to be Grandpa Bob there. So I should only ask questions about Grandpa Bob. Right. So, Well, it, it was kind of funny because my, my wife had a bit of an observation Um I don't know if you noticed on my my tweets and when I when I was putting this out on social media, I keep referring it referring to it as we're going ghost hunting. I'm going ghost hunting tonight. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Yeah. And uh, uh, he kept suggesting that there you know probably weren't any ghosts there. He probably didn't believe in ghosts. And and my wife looked looked over and she told me she's like, you know, you're the only person that refers to this as ghost hunting, right? <laughs> so <laughs> um, it was it was it was it was kind of funny. She was she was poking at me a little bit. So. I still call it. I guess that's funny. true. There's, I, I, I've called it any number of things, yeah. and I don't have any problem with it. There are people in this field that have a big problem with that term, ghost hunting, because it's like you're hunting ghosts, or Bigfoot hunting, because yeah. who's going to shoot Bigfoot? Which was probably, if Bigfoot's out there, that's probably how we're going to find him. Guaranteed. Yeah, somebody's going to shoot him. But yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't usually use that term, but not out of not wanting to use that term. I just... It's kind of, in my mind, it's associated with the TV show, so I, sure. I kind of don't use it. But yeah. Well, you're... well, I really appreciate you inviting us, um, and I look forward to doing it again. We had a really, really great time, so thank you for involving us. Yeah, of course, in that one place that we stopped at, but we weren't able to go explore, I'm hoping to get it in November, so you're, you'll be invited to that, and I'll have the date for you once I secure it. So Sure. Because that place looked awesome. I just want to go walk around in there it, for hours. It, it <laughs> looks fantastic. Well, Josh, you got any more stories? Let me look here. Had one. Um, if you guys are nerds like I am, you were probably glued to a tablet or some kind of a computer uh, yesterday around noon uh, when Apple announced all their new toys that are about the to Dell come machine. out. machine. I am such an Apple freak. I, huh, I love it. Anyway, it says here the new iPhone 10 uh, will constantly scan and identify faces here, right? So the new iPhone 10, apparently, there's this facial recognition, and that's how you unlock it. They've done away with it's that home, home button. It kind of is, right? Um it says, My daughter, who is not into any of this stuff, and, I, and you know she's only fourteen, so she doesn't 
She doesn't care about conspiracy world or any of that right. stuff. And I never talked to her about it. We talk about ghosts and stuff every now and then. But she even mentioned today, and I'm not a big Apple. I, personally, I don't think I've ever owned anything Apple, but they have iPhones. And sure. she was talking about how she does. The first thing she said is she doesn't want an iPhone 10 because it scans your face. It does scan your face. Um, I, this is the ultimate night. 1984 for me. I'm, I'm yes. terrified of this. And, and, you know, they have the technology right now in your phone. that They could probably do it with that front-facing camera if they wanted to. Sure. But this isn't even sneaky. This is just fucking on the face of it, right out there. <laughs> Guess what? We're going to scan your face and tell it where you are every single time you turn on your phone. Every time and, you pick it up. And, and, and of course, that, it goes to a database that goes to every other course. camera that will be able to pick up Ooh. on your face. I mean, that's the... Way out there, but not really way out there these days. So it's this not. Is, uh... It's it's it, it's there now. Apparently, uh, I hadn't seen the article, but uh, uh, I had heard today that when they did the unveiling and they tried to do the demo on the fancy Apple, uh, you know how they have their big meetings where they unveil all their shit. Apparently, it didn't work. Yes, I. Uh, so I see this like uh, yesterday when I was watching. He, um, I, I forget exactly which. Uh, which guy they had up on the stage but yes he picks it up and he goes i want to i want to show you guys you know how this works and so he picks up the phone he goes this is going to scan my face and then it's going to unlock well it didn't unlock and so i was like oh <laughs> like it didn't work um now it did it did work the next time he tried it which was like two seconds later and it did work every time after that however so it's just like my thumbprint right now yeah exactly so like if like me for example, trying to unlock my iPhone with my thumbprint. Um, sometimes if, if I've just got done like taking a drink and there's maybe condensation or something on my on my finger, it's not going to work. Um, That's what I call it, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, moving on. No, <laughs> let me see. <laughs> Apple announces new high-tech facial recognition technology, but not everybody is convinced. Uh, Apple has announced the release of Face ID, a new form of facial recognition technology, which will make its debut with the iPhone X. Uh, it says the new iPhone's Face ID will help police open your phone while you are in handcuffs. I, I, oh, I, shit. I, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, we really got to think about shit, gentlemen. That's really <laughs> true. In, 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 yes. in my world, that's going to be a real problem. Like, this could be a problem. Um, very interesting. Now they do say, um, in comparison to, uh, the thumbprint ID. Now let's say somebody were to grab your phone, uh, steal it. They do say that there is a one in 500,000 chance, um, that somebody would be able to just like use their thumbprint and somehow it would magically work. I don't know exactly how that works but now they say with face id uh it's literally one in a million um that a hacker or somebody would be able to get access to that iphone um wow, this, see, i would expect it to be easier i mean i i would think that right the thumbprints would be more distinct but that's that's really interesting that was my initial thoughts too so it says another concern here is the technology may be too secure uh, some people have pointed out that an individual's appearance may change over time, and this could result in them becoming inadvertently so, locked out of the iPhone. Um, if however, a woman 
scans her face and she doesn't have makeup on and she does is it sensitive well, enough now that's what i'm saying is so, not allow her into now the phone the, if she has makeup on the the apple representatives um they claim that the face id is sophisticated enough that it will still be able to recognize users even if they do modify their appearance shaving their face or you know what i'm saying uh putting on glasses taking off glasses uh things of that nature that would significantly well, alter your facial- appearance most facial recognition, what it does is it, it measures proportions between your eyes and your nose and your mouth and, and how close or far apart different yes. points of reference are. That's how, like, when you look on your, your, your app on Facebook now and it'll put, like, the Game of Thrones face, it yeah. maps your face and references specific points. It doesn't really have anything to do with the color, but it's more about the shape and where things are. Absolutely. Now, am I wrong, gentlemen? Uh Aren't there uh, phones out there right now that do, like, a face ID? Am I completely off on that? I don't know about phones. There's lots of face ID stuff out there. I mean, you can post a picture on Facebook, and it's going to tell you the four people in the image. Yeah, that's kind of fucked. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. But I just didn't know. I haven't heard of a phone that does that. Okay. I didn't know if it was on some uh, one of the new, like, Samsungs, but I, I don't know what I'm thinking of then. I don't know what I'm thinking of. I have the newest Samsung. I haven't, I mean, I've had it for maybe a month now. I haven't looked through everything, but I don't think there's a facial recognition thing built into it. Now, I may be able to download an app to do it. Is it the, to unlock that phone, Jason, is it the standard uh, series of dots or grid of dots that you would then make a... It it has that. It has the thumbprint. It has, or any finger. You can set it up with any finger. Yeah. Yeah. I don't bother locking it because I'm not worried about it. But sure, sure. Well, well, all of these phones have some sort of mechanism to turn off things like your location or your thumbprint and stuff like that. Yeah. This one doesn't have any buttons or anything, right? There are the only buttons I believe. Uh, if I'm looking at this picture correctly, the only buttons that I that it looks like it has is maybe like a volume control on the side. Uh, but they have done away with that home button uh, that standard home button that we've all come to know with an iPhone or any Apple device, really. Uh, but, yeah, it's gone. So, Well, I'm scared of it, and I don't like it one bit. <laughs> I am fucking terrified over here. Terrified. Very Damn cool. the man. Very, very cool stuff. But, yeah, that is all I got right there for that fun stuff. I think it's enough. <laughs> come here to be scared i, I mean if, you, scared. if people don't think that the government's already spying on them in every way possible yeah, oh yeah they're a little ignorant in my opinion um sure, but yeah but, but you know we, we, we went decades with everybody being worried about the government yeah spying on them and doing all this shit now we gift it to them <laughs> yep absolutely. it's not <laughs> true it, it's it's not not like it, we're, we're saying, oh, my God, I hope they're not watching. It's like, no, here, look at me. Yep. Let me let me go ahead and tag a picture with me and my friends of exactly where I am right now exactly. so you can find me if you need to. And if I forget to, don't worry because my phone's keeping track of it for me, and oh. it will give it to you. And, and we literally just gift-wrapped this <laughs> for anybody who, who really wants this information. Here's and now here. we have these mega – NSA type places that are, are oh, yeah. you know, compiling all of this information and God knows what they're going to do with it. And hopefully I'm just not fascinating enough for anybody to, to want to look, look for, but shit. 
That's what I'm hoping well, for. Well, the um, it's way scarier than ghosts. The public yes. side of it, the public side of it is that they haven't been able to actually do anything with it because they keep talking about how no terrorists have actually been stopped with it. But I would well. guess that if they were actually able to do something with it, they probably wouldn't tell us what they were actually able to do with it. So, I mean, yeah. when it comes to facial recognition, what more than a picture do they really need already? They already have pictures of everybody, and they could put it through their own facial recognition thing. Right. So, and I think the fact now, that it scans your face, maybe pick up people that haven't put out a bunch of pictures of themselves. Yeah, filling <laughs> in the gaps. That's what it is. Who's filling in the gaps. Um, I'm just being a realist in that they've already have control over everything, and they already have everything they probably need. I'm uncomfortable um, right now. I'm totally uncomfortable. <laughs> like they're listening right now. You realize? Of course they are. You know, I because we're, we're out there for them, right? We did, we did that whole killery episode, and oh. we're still around, so we survived for now. Hey, here's how I feel about the government listening into my podcasts. Yeah, that's a statistic. That's another. That's another download. That's right. That is right. Just rate and review. Yeah, we love you guys. Rate and review, guys. Hey, subscribe, review. All you, uh, all you mamma jammas at the NSA, rate and review, please. Thank you. Appreciate it. Keep fighting the good fight. <laughs> I'm going to see if we have any new ratings, actually. Maybe they'll, check they'll that preempt out? it. They'll put one on now. <laughs> that wasn't on there <laughs> Wouldn't before. Wouldn't that be fucking great? <laughs> Is there... It'll probably be like, don't waste your time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I tell you what, after we do, uh, after Dr. Feelgood checks out the, the new uh, ratings and, and reviews, if there are any, I think we should talk about. Uh, oh, we uh, have two new review or two oh, new shit. ratings anyways. Anyways, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, I was just going to say, I think we should talk about uh, maybe a new movie that just came out or something. I think we should probably talk about a new movie. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay, so we have two new reviews, and they're both five stars. Oh, thank Um, God. It it seems we made it past the people that hate your mouth. Thank God. Um, (laughs) That was a a tough run, guys, okay? That was a tough, tough run. (sighs) Uh, um, yeah, so we had one on. So we had two of them on September twelfth. We have a five star review titled "About Time." About time uh, by Star Freak seventy four. It says, it. "I've been listening since Myron was on. I wish Whoa. I could leave more review. I tried leaving a review a few weeks ago. I guess iTunes didn't like what I had to say. I didn't say anything negative, but lots of cussing." Anyways, right. I love the show, but I wish there was more F-bombs. Fuck I don't yeah. know why Jason doesn't <laughs> swear like Josh. It gets annoying that Jason is such a goody-goody. Thank Keep you. Keep it up, guys. Thank I love the show. Thank you. That is the I, I best review I want to reach ever. out to this guy for, for just a second and say, listen, <laughs> you can leave more than one review. You leave a review on your wife's phone. Oh, yeah. You leave a review on your friend's phone and his wife's phone Let's do and that. your kid's phone. This can be done. And you got one on your computer. You work it out. You work it out. I got to say, I'm going to take that review. I'm going to copy. I'm going to paste. I'm going to put it in a really cool font, and then I'm going to tattoo that fucking thing <laughs> like, on my forehead. 
That is awesome. Right. And we got another one uh, titled Love It with, uh, I think, eight explanation points from right. Stony Hightower. Nice. Uh, great show. Just learned about it. Excellent topics. Great banter. And just enough of the F word. Oh, and the opening <laughs> song is awesome. This guy uh, listens to Sofa King as well. So sweet. He came over from them. <laughs> so, And that's how I met Sam here. Absolutely. Through that group. Oh, that's so freaking cool. Uh, <sighs> it's so nice to hear people <sighs> that really appreciate a good expletive. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really enjoy that. So thank you, guys. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, because we had two right in a row there that talked about how you yeah. cussed. They didn't say you. Well, one of them now, got really mad at you yeah, about did. the Bigfoot mol- molestation story. Yeah, and how you laughed at it. That's what one of them was really upset about, and then the other one was upset. <laughs> we had two others that were upset about the F bomb. <sighs> like well, when said, it comes guys. to reviews, it, we, we have a philosophy over at breakerspodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook, everywhere you get your pods. That, but our philosophy on reviews are kind of like voting. When when they say everyone should vote, that's really horseshit. <laughs> I want everyone to vote who's going to vote for my guy. Right. So I want you to leave a review, but I want you to leave a review that's telling me how great I am. Yes. So what we tell everyone is, remember that when you go out there, if you like us, you tell your friends and everyone we, everyone that you know. And if you don't, just keep your goddamn mouth shut. Just shut up. <laughs> and never listen again. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't right? say anything at all. Oh, ask but, your mom before you drop that review. That's right. But, but behind a keyboard, behind a keyboard, these sons of bitches... We'll say whatever they want. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So when did you see it? See what? Oh, see what? Sorry. <laughs> I was talk- I, it is the name of the movie. <laughs> oh, oh, the new movie that just came Shut out. <laughs> Entitled It. Okay. Um, I went and I saw the movie on the first. Rick Day was that. What is today? October? Um, yeah, I don't know. Today I went Wednesday. I went the day before you. How I went that? Monday. Okay, so I went Sunday. That's when I went. Yes, that is correct. I went Sunday. I went after work, um, and it was amazing. Okay, first of all, I go into this theater, and I didn't. I've never been in a theater like this before. I'm sure you you guys have. Before you start off, have you read the book? I read the book many, many years ago. Okay, and have you seen the miniseries? Yeah, I watched the miniseries on Saturday. Okay, I just that kind of gives reference as to what your review might be about it. So right. Um, so anyway, um, I go in and I just thought it was really cool because, number one, the reclining seats are kick-ass. I love reclining seats. I like the theaters with the reclining seats. But now there's a magic button that you can push on the reclining seat and somebody, an attendant of some sort, comes to your chair and asks you what you want. And they have a full menu, a full drink menu as well. Um, I always get my standard Mountain Dew and Milk Duds and call it a day. Um but I thought it was freaking awesome. If I needed anything, if I wanted anything, I just pushed this magic little button. Here comes this nice little lady that uh, was going to take my order for me. It was amazing. Did they, have, did they serve alcohol with the magic button? 
Yes, they do. A full drink menu, full uh, dinner okay. menu as well. Yeah, absolutely. Anything you want. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty awesome. Now, what did you think of the film, my friend? Oh, you want my review first? Sure, absolutely. Okay. All right, all right, all right. So I I saw the miniseries, of course. Yeah. I read the book and actually read it recently. I started it a couple years ago, but I maybe about a year and a half ago, not even a year and a half ago, I don't know, whatever it was. I finished the book four months ago, I think. Nice. So it was still nice. fresh in my mind yeah. going into it. And I was worried. I was like, I wasn't worried about the, the you know, how good the movie was going to be because it had been out for five days. So sure. I knew that the reviews were in and that it was a great movie in the sense of a great horror movie and right. that it was like stand by me meets horror kind of thing. Yeah. So I knew it was going to be a, at least halfway decent movie. What I was worried about is I was going to sit there and look at it. And it was like, that didn't happen in the book or this wasn't this way in the book. Right. And I did do that, but I did enjoy the movie a lot. Yeah. Um, one of the best things about the movie is the hidden stuff in there. Yeah. That only people that have read the book will get and see because there's stuff in there that wasn't in the miniseries. Correct. That was in the book. And there was actually other stuff that, um, that, uh, was more like the book. Um, so it stays, it does stay true to the original novel. It does, for the most part, in spirits. Yeah, the, the, the encounters with. So, spoiler alert for anybody listening. Spoiler <laughs> alert, because I'm going to go into some of the details. So, right. the encounters the kids have with the uh, with it are different, except for Eddie's, for the most part. Um, um, is it, there was some really really interesting uh, video. Uh, footage that people put together as the trailer started coming out yeah. where they would literally match up frame by frame yes. images from the original miniseries and the new movie as the trailers came out, which yeah. was really, really interesting. I mean, you could literally watch the same movie going simultaneously yeah. in yeah. these trailers. So I was wondering how how true it, it stayed to itself, the the, the book, and, and, and what it was, was like in comparison because me growing up, I mean – you you weren't to to me Tim Curry as Pennywise is dude. the reason that you fucking hate clowns now. Yes, dude. Yeah. You know? Yes. So and, so I, it, and Bill Skarsgård did a great job, I thought, in this film. I totally I agree. think that for people that didn't grow up with Tim Curry being Pennywise, he will be the new Pennywise. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. There were similarities to the the previous. Um, the miniseries, and there were similarities to the books, but as I'm, I'm going off the books because that's the freshest in my mind. Um, the first run in the kids ha each have individually with um, Pennywise with it are different than the book, except for Eddie's. And I, I don't, and I say it in this way, but I don't think it takes away from the movie because the movie. I think should stand out. It, it it stays with the spirit of the book. Right. Um, the the thing that that it most impressed me that I like the most is the callbacks to the book that if you didn't read the book you wouldn't get. Like so they in one scene the very first scene they go into the sewers they find a shoe in the sewers yeah. and Bill is wearing a Tracker Brothers T-shirt. <laughs> You're right. 
which they don't reference at all in the movie except for that. And they don't, I don't think they reference Tracker's bro, Tracker That's Brothers awesome. in the um, miniseries either. No, they don't. And they may in the adult version because that's where Eddie has his first run in as an adult with Pennywise in the book. But yeah, I thought that was great that they had, he had a Tracker Brothers t-shirt on. Um, there's a Stinky scene where they're all, uh, I didn't see him in it. I didn't see him in it. Unless he in was, movies. Yeah, unless he was in the background somewhere, I didn't notice him. And I know what he looks like, so I, I and I, I probably would have noticed, but... I didn't, I didn't see him. him. That either. doesn't mean he wasn't in there, but he right. wasn't like in full, you know, the front of the frame or whatever at any point. Yeah. Um, there was a scene where they were sitting in a town square and there was Paul Bunyan in the background. Now, he didn't do what he did in the book, but he was there. And that was a callback to Richie's run in with it, the uh, first run in with it. Yeah. Um, the standpipe can be seen in the background, which they don't have in the miniseries or in this movie except for the callback to the book. Um, I thought those parts were great, and I thought Bill did a great job as Pennywise. I think it captured... It wasn't necessarily scary. And my wife was quite freaked out at times because she is a terrified of scary little kids, and Georgie <laughs> is quite scary at times in it. Yes, he is. Um, but there were like eight-year-old to 12 year olds in the theater there with us and though it wasn't super wow. scary there was a lot of scary imagery yes, that would was. probably make them afraid of clowns and whatnot shit the rest of their lives there you are okay I thought I lost you for a second but no I would totally agree Um, I thought the movie honestly instant uh, what's that we lost them. Can you hear me at all, guys? Can you hear me at all? Fuck me. This is what happens. This is production quality at its best, ladies and gentlemen. Right here. Gentlemen, can you hear me at all? It says Iowa. There, yes, there you, you are go. back. You got me? You got to move, Josh. You got to just move away. I think I should, too. As long as you guys can hear me now. That's, that's I all can that hear you so, now. Okay. So, so, yeah. Going into the theater, though, or whatever, I, or watching the film, I honestly think this is going to instant classic. That's what I'm thinking right there. Boom. I said it. Um, it is that. The acting was definitely better oh. than the miniseries. Oh, my God. Um, as far as the, the adult. Well, the adults weren't even in there, but still. No. The acting um, was a lot better. I will say this. The one thing that I was most impressed with is... Um, the the gentle nods like you were talking about uh, to the book, uh, to the things that only true like Stephen King fans are going to really get the reference to. Um, however, the way the the cast of kids interacted with each other on screen is exactly how yes. adolescent uh, kids fucking act. Okay, the dick jokes, the fart jokes, your mama jokes, they're all fucking there, and it's perfect. It is too perfection um the kids are outstanding of course one of those kids um and I, I i cannot uh remember this kid's name i do know he was on uh the show stranger things as well you're talking you're talking about the actor that played richie correct um, yeah he's a he's the funny one in the book funny one the funny like 
laugh out loud in the theater funny. Absolutely laugh out loud. There are a lot of those moments. Um, and it's it's really cool because like watching this, I'm like, oh, my God. This is like nostalgia at its best because I'm like, I acted like that. <laughs> like, I acted exactly like that. Um, it was super cool. Uh, new kids on the block jokes. I mean, it, it was hilarious. I thought the, the new kid <laughs> on the block jokes was fine, but I thought the there was a weird part where they zoomed into the poster on the board. Yeah, I was, because what it, the hell are you doing? Because it was... Um, yeah, another spoiler alert. So they all rush up to his bedroom, right? Um, what's the kid's name? Um, ben. It's ben, Ben's ben. room. Yeah. So they rush up to Ben's room, and they're all looking at these cool pieces of history and articles and things like that on the wall, and they're reading through everything, and then um, Bev, Beverly, starts to show By the way, who, by the way, I think that actress was amazing. I think she... She is super good. She was probably... One of the standout as far as the kids. I mean, yeah, yeah uh, the guy that played Richie's hilarious oh, and for sure. stood out in that right. But as far as acting, the 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 actress that played Bev was great. Um, now she starts to shut his bedroom door. Now, obviously, um, on the back of the door, which nobody can actually see that um, because the door is wide open and flushed up against the the wall. She starts to shut it, and she notices a New Kids on the Block poster. And so what the zoom-in thing is is a moment of terror for Ben because he doesn't want his buddies <laughs> to see that he has a New Kids poster on his wall. So she gently then gives him a wink or whatever or a, a sly little grin and then shuts the door back to where it was flush with the wall so his buddies aren't going to see it. Um fucking hilarious at that moment um i thought it was hilarious too but i thought the time they took to to uh zoom into each face was a little yeah yeah i, I, I was what thrown off saying. by that a particular part of the scene so you know in that in that way i thought it was funny but oh it was hilarious i i don't know now i will See, say i haven't no go ahead i was just gonna say i haven't seen the film yet i'm i'm excited to uh, I I don't actually go to the theaters very often. I'll probably wait and see it uh, in my own little theater here. But um, I'm a big Stephen King fan, and I read all of this growing up, and I'd yeah. seen the, the miniseries. So I've been following this. But I actually had as one of my articles to talk about an article about um, the box office results from this. Oh, God. Because it is now the highest grossing uh, opening of any R-rated film ever. Wow. It's uh, um, oh, already already a horror horror movie, I guess is what. Yeah, it's there's, there's, over there's, twice there's, the twice the uh, previous one, correct? Right, right. This article is it, it it was in the wrap, and it's titled "Jason Bloom admits defeat, says it <laughs> eviscerated his Paranormal Activity box office record." Yeah, um, and to, to put that in uh, context, it, it brought in a hundred and twenty three point four million. Wow. Um, more than double in its opening weekend than the previous record holder, Paranormal Activity 3, a Bloom a Bloomhouse film that made $52.6 million wow. when it opened in 2011. Um, so, I mean, that that th- th- this is just completely blowing anything like this that's ever happened uh, out, out of the water, like, like you said. So, just I mean, there, there's certainly something special about it. Uh, not not yet having seen it, it obviously there's something that i'm missing i tell you like 
it is it is that good. I do want to go back. I want to watch it again, um, and I want to look for a, a lot more of those little Easter eggs that I that I probably did miss uh, the first go around. Um, there was one Easter egg. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read it before they before yeah. I watch it. Because yeah, I've got to look for that stuff. And I started reading. Uh, I started reading the book again, and I do want to finish it before I see the film again. There was one Easter egg that it. It was an Easter egg to the book, but it, they also did it in the um, in the miniseries, I believe. I I found it very out of place. I actually was sitting there in the theater watching it, and when it happened, I thought everybody sitting around me that hasn't read the book or remembers the miniseries probably has no idea what the hell just happened. There's a scene where Pennywise is with Richie, yeah. And he gets really close, and he says, "Beep, beep, Richie." Beep, beep, Richie. But that's the they only don't time reference yep. that. That's the only that time he says that in that film. I yes, think. yeah, it's the only time they say it in the film. Yep, they don't reference it at any other time. But it's in a pivotal part of the movie, and it's a thing that is like blatant and out there in the forefront. And and I talked to my wife afterwards. We talked about it for quite a while about the movie, about the different stuff, and she said that. When she was sitting there in that moment, when it, she happened, it was out of place, and she was wondering why the hell it was there. Yeah, so and that's what something... I thought while I was sitting there. I thought, yeah, this is a great reference, but everybody <laughs> sitting around me that doesn't know, know, this is a weird part. Like, why is that there? So do you think that something like that is an, an intentional Easter egg for a guy like you that's that's read the book? I mean, because that that's actually referenced in the miniseries. That's actually quite there. often in the miniseries, but, actually. Yes. Yeah, quite it often. Is. And, and um, it's all over the book. It's yes. the book as well. But I think it I think yeah, it absolutely is a callback. It's a reference for pe- right. it's an Easter egg for people to see. But it well, my was question, though, in is, a spot where it was too it it wasn't so hidden. It wasn't an right. Easter egg. It was in your face, Blatantly in everybody's obvious, yes. face in the theater, well, even the people happens, that didn't know what it was. It begs the question to me, though, is, I mean, there, there's probably another 45 minutes of movie, though, that you're going to get to see when it comes out on Blu-ray, when they splice yeah, in all the right. extra shit that they couldn't get into the theater. Yeah. So is that something that has another scene that references it that either – fell onto the cutting room floor or is it going to be in special features later it'll be and that's why it's in your face yeah or was it something that they snuck in just as just to give you some love as the true fan right i can also see it as when they're adults they say it to him as a call back to this movie correct um possibly okay just, now, now it, what you're talking about out. that's the next movie right yes which was interesting yes. to me, by the way, because in the book and in the original miniseries, it goes uh, kind of like back and forth. Um, and yeah, it, well, it doesn't only go back and forth. It goes to it goes. Mike's journal and yes. it goes back in way past exactly. and, and everything else. So. And, now, and now we have this, uh, this movie, uh, chapter one here, we'll call it, I guess, um, where it's just all the kids. I mean, this is just all kids, and so uh, you know we can only assume. But yeah, chapter two, it's going to be all the adults, you know. Uh, but yeah, Steve, yeah I think King. that um, they're going to capture. They captured the horror of the book, but they're not going to capture the well, essence of the book as no. far as. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Sam, but there was there were two plot holes for me. One was a blatant plot hole. It uh, was the kids. They're all floating. They're, so yes. in the book. 
the kids disappear. You never see them again. The ones that disappear, not the, the main characters. Um, but in this movie, all the kids that had disappeared are floating around this weird tower thing at the end. Yes. And they all start coming down. But then the movie cuts to them sitting outside. And then did they ever go back in and like pick up those kids' bodies? That's what I always you never wondered. know what happened to those kids. I always and that's that. a big plot hole for me. Yep. I always There's also that. another plot hole in the sense that they don't give it any motivation in this movie. None at all. Other than no. um, they kind of... Maybe a slight subtly hint at it needs to feed on the fear, and that's why he's going after kids and not adults. But they don't give him any motivation or any backstory at all. No, you don't learn any of the stuff about him that the kids learned about him. In right, the book. and that's something that is important. However, that's also fucking out there. Okay, like it, it is very out there. It's oh very seventies druggish, yes, out there weird stuff. But they didn't give him. They didn't give it. Any motivation for Correct. doing why he does? I will say why this, he does and, I, what he does. and I just want to mention this really quick. Um, the the absolute fucking genius that is like Stephen King. Okay, I just want to throw this out there. He's an amazing author, one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite books. I've actually read it now seven fucking times. Is eleven twenty two sixty three. I'm a huge history fan anyway, and the sheer idea of somebody going back in time. To, to prevent the assassination of, of President Kennedy is fascinating to me, right? But the town, or one of the towns that this gentleman does reside in for a small amount of time is Derry, okay? And it is amazing to me how all of these different Stephen King stories and Stephen King worlds can interact and play with one another at any given moment. And in the book, the main protagonist in 112263 actually comes across these two kids who are just playing, and one of them is named Beverly, and the other one is named Richie, and they are, in fact, the same Beverly and Richie from what we know as It. It's just amazing to me how, how he gives these little nods in different stories I all used, the time. I used to love as a kid, and, and I kind of fell off of Stephen King Yeah. Oh, about the time I went to college. I, I, it's been years since I've read a Stephen King book, so sure. anything that's happened in the last 15 years I'm kind of out on. But I used to love to try to commingle all of these books and, and find them. And, and he actually has a whole series of books that are, are loosely interacted like that. I mean, you had the, um, the Dolores Claiborne book yes. that interacted with Gerald's game and one other one right. where they, they all uh, centered around the eclipse. They weren't really related other than that, aside from the names of towns and things like that. But he had his own universe. Yes, that was exactly. out there. And it was just – it was really, really fascinating because you're right. You have the same cop in this story and exactly. in this story and the and same like, grocery store. And, you know, Derry is this fictional town that's in a bunch of them yes. all, all around this main area where he lived. But, oh, it's – now. It's, and it's a, been fascinating. And kind of in that same vein now, apparently, and I have yet to read any of this series, but there, uh, the Dark Tower series, um, apparently the Dark Tower uh, itself is what um, is basically co-mingling or basically what connects everything. And I mean fucking in, everything. So it, yeah, I'm interested in to book, read that. In it, in it, the, the it the you know pennywise or he doesn't actually right. have a name he's 
he calls himself Bob a few or Rob a few times in the book, but yes. he actually is a interdimensional creature from the macroverse. And Correct. they come up, they talk about the macroverse and what's out there and all this other stuff in the Dark Tower as well. I haven't read the Dark Tower, but I know that that stuff is referenced. Where it comes from is referenced in the Dark Tower and talked about. Yes. And see, the problem that I'm having is I've read the Dark Tower 25 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. now it's it's like they're bringing back all of this stuff that I'm going to have to now yeah, exactly. regurgitate my childhood and catch <laughs> back up. And and thinking about it now and why the fuck was I reading it when I was a kid? You yeah, know, I, I mean, you, <laughs> that's some dark, sinister shit. Yes. Uh, now that I have kids and I'm I'm looking at the things that my kids are doing, I'm like, oh, hell, I, I you know, who, who was watching yeah. me, you know, Um uh, <laughs> But I have similar thoughts. I, I don't. I, I don't know how your Twitter game is. I know you guys are are, are famous um, podcasters, but oh. I didn't realize that this was a two part movie yeah. um, until I saw a tweet by Stephen King. Um, he tweeted uh, Monday, "Don't don't want to wait for part two of it, the movie. Yeah. You can always read it, the book. Just saying." Yeah, and, and uh, he tweeted that out on Monday. And it's been retweeted ninety one thousand times. Jesus Christ! Uh, so what? What we might want to uh, try to pick up on whatever it is that he's got going on to uh, stretch our message. Well, now I will. I have heard this. Now they are have uh, already started like casting and stuff like that. They're looking at a script to be completed by the very, very beginning of twenty eighteen, um, if not uh, a little sooner. But they do say that chapter two is going to be insanely uh grotesque it's going to be very uh more in that horror type of vein like as this one like you said uh jason that this wasn't you know as scary as as people thought it was probably going to be there were jumps there there were were jump scares and a few other things but it wasn't like i don't know you weren't when you go back and watch as adults when you go back and watch the miniseries. Oh, I laughed my it's ass not really off. Scary no, at I all. laughed my ass off. But um, when we were ten, it's the thought, and that, you know that's what Stephen King, that's what Stephen King is good at. He's good at putting a thread into your mind, yeah. and running you down a hole and making you think about <laughs> scary crap. Yeah, exactly. Which oh, so so the you. second film is still in pre production. Correct. Yeah, they have not even. Wow, uh, yeah, they didn't bold. know. They weren't. They didn't. They they didn't. They were putting it off to see what the response to this was. And they had decided a few weeks before the initial release right. that they were going to do it. But they were going to put it off to see how the response was before they greenlit the next wow, one. Wow, that's yeah. bold. It, it they, really so, is. So there was a the potential really that you were just going to be le- left out there hanging. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I honestly, I looking at it, though, looking at the popularity of the original it and everybody was talking about it everybody was talking about the upcoming film here uh in 2017 and uh, they should have known they they had to have known that it a part two could have been greenlit that second well the hype you know i mean it it feels like it kind of just fell out of the sky just real quick recently yeah but people have been talking about it forever that this movie i remember the initial grumblings back in late 2015 the mentions of hey maybe they're possibly doing this so yeah they've been talking about it like any movie for a long time so but they did line it up perfectly with the book i mean it's right right in line for when it's supposed to come back yeah it was good thinking on their part chronologically there 
<laughs> there were a couple things, other things I'd like to mention that were, were different from the book and I think from the original miniseries. So they, they stole a little bit of thunder, not thunder. I don't remember what the, I, I can't think of what the right word is. So the kids in the book, they make a decision to go stop this thing because they believe they're the only ones that can stop it. And that's why they go into the tunnels to go down and fight it. Right. In the movie, they have Bev get taken by it, and their motivation is to go save her. I think that stole a little bit of the feel of the book as to why they were doing it, but I don't think it took away from the movie as a whole as for what it is. Yeah. Um, because she is... At, and I knew that they couldn't put this scene in there. And if you read the book, you no, know what I'm talking about. No. The whole little sex scene they could where they all have sex with her. They, they, there's no way they could do that in no a movie. Way. But she, doing in doing that, and Stephen King has talked about it, in doing that on the way to fighting it, she galvanized their resolve to fight it Yes, in doing that. Yes. Which that whole part was kind of lost in the movie. Who wrote the um, screenplay? Have you guys, do you guys know? Have you looked? You know what? I'm not sure. It, I, I, I'm always curious how much input Stephen yeah, King has. I don't know how much he had on on this uh, as far as input goes. Um, I do not know. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. I'll take a okay, look. Okay, okay. But uh, yeah, so there was that. I thought that took a little bit away, and in my mind, and I know that. I don't think it take away it takes away from the movie necessarily. What I think um, the majority of people, mind, the majority but. of people don't even know. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think the majority of people have re- have read the book, honestly. Um, which, my God, yeah, no, they're really true. missing I mean, out. They're really our generation. Yes, wasn't necessarily maybe as kids, but that book, oh, man. the popularity of it, of course, was boomed when the movie came out. But it was written in the 70s. Right. right. Um, another thing that I don't know how they're going to tie in, and I don't know if they're going to be able to, is Henry Bowers is there as an adult, and I don't know how, he, unless um, it brings him back, that he survived that fall into the well. I don't know. It's it's quite possible because I know um, it, or, or Pennywise or what have you, has a lot of influence on Bowers in... Obviously, later in his yeah, life. Yeah, he's the one making him break Correct. out of the yes. insane asylum and all that. The other thing yeah. is, though, he um, the place where the big battle takes place, yes, is right below that the drain that they reference. They go into the you know the sewers differently than they do the book, and in the miniseries right. did as well. So that's not a big deal. Right. Another other thing that was, in my opinion, that was taken away. The barons, they barely reference the barons, and that's where a lot of the book takes place as children. Yes. There's so much stuff that happens in the barons, and it's barely shown, barely talked about in the movie. Yeah, that's um, true. Very true. But anyways, where the final battle goes down in the book is like hundreds and hundreds of feet below the town. Yes. Where the thing actually lives. And that's not at all what happens in the movie. Right. And <laughs> And, and you know, that that was stuff that I thought about while it was going on. Like like I said, I don't think it took away from the scariness of the horror movie. And I don't think that the story is lacking in that sense because they put together a great movie. Yeah, uh, Those really were just did. some things that were different. 
And I don't know how they'll reconcile when they do the next one if they want to. And the other thing is, is I have no idea how they're going to do the final battle scene between it. The you know the uh, it's called the ritual of Chud, where they like yes. they're in this metaphysical macroverse where yes. they're biting each other's tongues and battling with by the mind. Right. I have no idea how wow. they're going to pull that off in yeah. like the it, realism of this world because yeah. there's nothing that's like. Other than him being, other than it being able to change and do whatever he wants to do uh, physically, because he's a glimmer, is what he is. They call him a glimmer, right. and he can show you your fear. Other than that, there's there's nothing about him that's like metaphysical out there, like like the book is. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how they approach that as adults. It should be interesting. So I'm looking here at the writing credits, and and Stephen King gets a, a based on the novel by writing credit, and then there are three guys that are, are all credited for the screenplay. A guy by the name of Chase Palmer, Gary Fukunaga, and Gary Doberman. And as I'm looking at their credits, there's almost nothing here that really stands out. Are you familiar with the horror uh, series Annabelle by chance? Yes. Uh, yeah. You are okay. Uh, well. Uh, Gary Doberman was the writer on those. But uh, the one that, that really jumped out at me, that, that's not really helpful for anything, but uh, uh, Gary Fukunaga, his claim to fame is he was the producer of True Detective. Correct. The first, so, um, but he, he, he has a few writing credits, nothing that really jumps out. Um, th- there are a few things that you might recognize, but nothing just super spectacular, and then he gets the writing credit on this, so... Uh, that was interesting. I, I'm really, really curious how much input Stephen King has, or if if he was able to put his input by writing an 800-page book. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, as far as I know, and as far as I've seen, and probably he, so he was really stand out about his hatred for The Shining. But I don't know, even if he didn't like the way this turned out, I don't know if it would be smart of him to stand against it like he did The Shining. Right. right well, right. some films, I mean, he's been pretty active on over the years, and there have been yeah. things that, that just almost have no relationship with him at all um, that he's he's just licensed. So, um, you know, I I have to think in retrospect, he was probably wrong about The Shining. It's a great movie, but it, so. it's nothing like the book. Um, no, no, but, not 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 at all. But yeah, no, no, it's a great movie. And and, and uh, as far as um, as far as uh, optics go, he probably shouldn't have stood in opposition to it. No, and yeah. to a certain extent, you know, this somebody's creating a piece of art based on somebody else's piece of art. So so you, you can have the philosophy that I need to stay absolutely as true to this as possible. But also, you know, if I've read the book and I have in my mind the way it's supposed to be, I'm going to go there. And if they don't match that, I'm probably going to be on some level disappointed. So they have to give you some sort of hook, which is that twist ending or, you know, something different happening here or there. If for no other reason, just to keep your attention. Well, yeah, and that's why I can't sit there and say that I didn't like, I don't think this is a good film and I didn't like the movie. It, it, you know, a lot of the things are different from the book, but like I, 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 the, it, it captures the scary, you know, the horror and 
most of the essence of the book. Yeah. So I was, even though there was so much different, and I know that they have to speed things up because it's a two-hour movie, not, you know, a 20-day reader, however long it would take to read it straight through. Right. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. It, it's somebody else's reimagining, and they call it that. They call it a retelling of Stephen King's It. So, so tell me this from a philosophical standpoint. I, I'm I'm of the uh, I'm of the notion that I'm fucking tired of people remaking movies that have yeah. already been made. Yeah, and there's a this lot is going to be great. But God damn it, somebody come up with a new idea. Please. And, and I have a really hard time <laughs> with the fact that, oh, we know this is going to be a hit. We know people like it, so they're going to buy it. So I'm going to go ahead and make something that's the sure bet because that detracts from the art that's out there because there are good ideas and there are things out there that are going to be new for me that, that haven't already been made once or twice or four times Batman. You well, know? Technically, it never saw a theatrical release. Sure. Sure, but so it's, it's still a little bit different. Improper. But it is not. Yeah, it's not an original idea. So, so, so what? What was your thought about that? You are you, you cool with all of the the remake stuff when we we keep re envisioning uh, Spider Man and all all of this stuff? Uh, it just happens over and over and over and over again. That's just what stands out. I'll watch them. You know, a lot of them. I think with this one, it was time for a new. I mean, they picked a good. They per, they picked the perfect time, uh, it, if you follow the years. But um, the miniseries has its peaks, and obviously, it quote unquote terrified a generation. I think it was. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think it was a good move remaking this film. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. People were ready for it. But yeah, I don't think we need another But Spider-Man. speaking of <laughs> uh, calling back a little bit from earlier in our conversation, but speaking of connected universes, you also have another podcast that you do that you just started about a connected universe. Why don't you tell us in our listeners a little bit about that? I do another show with my friend Matt Westphalen, and Matt is probably the biggest pop culture junkie I've ever met. Um, and the center of his pop culture world is Kevin Smith. And I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, oh, and I love the Viewisk universe, um, all connected universe of all of his films that started off with Clerks and, and followed through with Mallrats and Chasing Amy and all the Jay and Silent Bob movies. Yeah. Um, so, so we have a podcast called Do It Doug. And Do It Doug is a phrase that comes out of Mallrats and – Basically, we do kind of like you guys where uh, we sit down and, and we banter and bullshit a little bit about whatever we want. But uh, we also um, have, have managed to have on uh, Jeremy London, who was uh, T.S. in Mallrats uh, and in a number of other films. But in our world, he was T.S. from Mallrats. Yeah. Uh, last week, we had um, Brian O'Halloran, who is Dante in Clerks. Hell yeah. Um, and, and he plays a hick of some sort. <laughs> Uh, he's Dante Hicks in uh, Clerks, and in, in each subsequent Kevin Smith movie, he plays another first name with the last name Hicks. Um, but uh, but we had uh, Brian on. Uh, we have uh, other people from the Kevin Smith universe coming up. Uh, we were actually supposed to have uh, 
Jason Muse, who is the J to Jane Silent Bob. We were going to have him on last week, and we had some scheduling and simultaneous technical difficulties, so we um, called him and pushed him back just a little bit. Um, but we're looking at having him in the next week or so. Ming Chen from the comic book Men is probably going to be on in the next week. Um, so uh, we, we, we've got a few of those guys coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. And, and we, we just have a fun time talking about uh, that that generation of uh, of pop culture. And, you know, he's the, the comic book superhero type of geek. And, and he has just a crazy wealth of knowledge. Uh, and I'm kind of the... Uh, the sounding board for that because I can't even pretend to compete. So we did well, an episode he's worked last with them a little bit, correct? He, he has, um, last year, uh, Jeremy London has a film school in uh, Mississippi, I believe. And Jeremy and some of his students wrote a short film that has been making the, uh, the, uh, the film festival circuit and has done really well and won some awards, but it's called monsters anonymous. And the, the premise of this film is all of the old traditional uh, in the public domain, so you can use them to make your small movie. Um, monsters like Frankenstein and Dracula and the Mummy and the Wolfman, all of these traditional horror film monsters are completely obsolete, and they're just not scary anymore. So you have them sitting around in an alcoholic anonymous type <laughs> scenario, bitching and moaning about not being scary and how bad their life sucks. Uh, but Brian O'Halloran uh, was actually in that film with him, and uh, Matt had done some uh, work helping them uh, promote it, and uh, he has a small part in that film. And they're making a sequel coming up uh, this next year. They're, they've just finished uh, scripting it, and they're going to start uh, doing some of the casting and pre-production coming up here pretty quick. But uh, we're, we're hoping to be able to get involved in that a little bit. So that, that's kind of how he got uh, in touch with uh, the people in that universe, and, and he's kind of let some of those relationships grow. But that's been a lot of fun just because it's me going back, being a kid again, getting to talk to, you know, the, the guys that were my movie heroes at the time, you know, now that we're all, we're all old and they're, they're still out there, they're, they're willing to talk to me on the phone a little bit. <laughs> it's very freaking cool, too. Very freaking cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I've checked out the first two episodes, and they're very enjoyable to listen to. I... I've watched all the films. I've, I've, I'm not into it as deep as you have, but I love hearing about it. And I, I watched Comic Book Men, and I've watched the films, so I may know a little bit more than people that haven't. But I, I'm excited for new episodes of that as well. It, it's it's amazing. I mean, it, it is truly a cult following. Uh, you you talk to generally people who have never heard of Kevin Smith. And then you talk to people who know every single thing about him. I mean, yeah. that seems to be uh, the, the person who just passively has heard of Jay and Silent Bob is, is out there, but it's few and far between. Usually it's never heard of him or, oh, my God, I love him. He's life, you know. So <laughs> yeah. so it's it's been interesting to see that and interact with some of those folks. That is really cool, too. But no, you're absolutely right. It's either like, who the fuck is that or Oh yeah, I know him. His blood type is O positive. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they know everything. Well, and us there as podcasters, we have a lot to thank uh, when it comes to Kevin Fitz, Kevin Smith. So sure. he, one of the founding fathers, if you have those of podcasting, right? Well, right. That, that's really where he came from in his filmmaking. You know, he decided that he he was one of the first guys who decided I don't need a, a film studio 
in big Hollywood, I can figure out the stuff that I have available to me and I can figure out how to make a movie myself. And, And he literally sold his comic book collection, ran up some credit card bills and got his buddies together at the gas station he worked at or the convenience store he worked at. And when they would close at night in the middle of the night, they filmed a fucking movie and it got picked up at Sundance and you know, that movie just jumped up and and took off and he travels around talking about that in the context of podcasting about how uh, just like you guys talking about something that you have in common that you love and enjoy. And you know, if you got a fucking cell phone, and something you're interested in, there's yeah. somebody else out there in the world that's interested in it too, and you can talk to them. And there's nobody out there saying, I can't say fuck, or I can't talk about a certain topic. You know, I, I'm, I pretty well have carte blanche, at least right now. Somebody's going to grab onto it and tax it and limit it at some point. But for right now, we can express ourselves without anybody having their hand on us. Did I lose you? No, no, no. There you are. I figured I figured that you guys just turned me off after I kept no. talking. <laughs> we were both waiting for the other one to talk, apparently. <laughs> but no, yeah. So yeah, I I um excited to see where that that show goes and I'm gonna keep listening. So well, I appreciate yeah. it. Hell yeah. Well on that happy little note, gents, I think we are going to I call do have it to mention evening. something before oh, you close oh, out the show. Oh, yeah, do it. You got to go check out our <laughs> podcast network, podbros.com. Go check them out. Check out all, all the 30 plus shows that are on there. We are the only paranormal show still. And go tell them all that we love them That's and right. that you love them. That's right. They have uh, gaming shows. They have John Claude Van Damme cast. I ran into somebody the other day that listens to that show. Nice. So I talked about it. Uh, the Language of Bromance, which we've had them on this show as well. We're probably going to be on that show soon because it's getting to the October season. Absolutely. Uh, they want paranormal people on, of course. And uh, the Jeff Sanguish show. Go say hi to John. He's probably still out wandering the swamps of Michigan up there. <laughs> and uh, it's... The, this podcast's hometown is Detroit, my favorite hockey team. Uh, just go support them. Uh, well, I want to one more time say thank you guys very much for having me on. And, Jason, thank you for, for having me out uh, when we went to Iola last weekend. It's been a great uh, a great experience, and, and I've really enjoyed uh, learning about these things and getting to know you guys. No, it was absolutely our pleasure, man. Loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Um I know that a lot of people at Sofa King uh, in the, in the group you created for Sofa King are excited, yeah. and you're like the, um, you know, one of the celebrity status people in that group, and they're all excited. And I'm glad to have you on the show. That's how you and I met through another podcast, and that's how I think a lot of this should work, anyway. So absolutely, hell yeah! All Thanks right, for peeps. gracing us with your presence, uh, Sofa King legend. Uh, hey. I'll always make time for you guys. Appreciate the hell out of that. <laughs> I love it. All right, gents and peeps listening in at home, I hope you have a good weekend, a good rest of your week, and we'll talk to you all very, very soon. Peace out. Oh, you stopped it already? No, I, I'm still recording. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, you got to call us. 913-730-7255. Leave us a message. Tell us anything, and we'll play it on the air. Anything at all. Um, 
and rate and review us on iTunes. There, that's that's all the stuff we should have said before you close the show. Send Jason a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs>